Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic podcast. Hosted by twin sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Samantha. Just in case your friends ask. Systematic podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic Podcast. The show about politics, pop culture, and sisterhood. Per usual, it's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexa. And this is season three, episode four. I just, I feel like this season is going really slowly. <laughs> um, man, what a year. It's been, it's already fucking October. It's the whole fucking time warp time is just moving at ultra lightning speed. Literally, the pandemic just like distorted time in entirety um because i'm like um it's basically christmas and that's insane but yeah so here we are episode four this episode is like pretty unique i think uh and different you want to say why because our interview for this episode is a live recording that we did at our first systematic function in real life yeah last week we had our first event it was hosted at the ace hotel on the rooftop um, and it was super cute we did a live recording and then afterwards it was just a little party where we had like a bunch of our fave female djs playing music we had a special performance by our friend d david davis uh me and my friend taylor teamed up to do a little installation it was a good time yeah and it was really nice to meet like some listeners that came out for the first time yes it was super cute yeah but yeah so normally you know if you have listened to our show before we usually have a guest on the show who we interview but this episode since it's our it was our two-year anniversary we kind of flipped the script and had a previous guest yaya from last season um come and kind of moderate the conversation and interview us right so we're gonna get to the interview in just a bit should we give some life updates before we get into our politics and pop culture segments yeah i mean i feel like we've both have a have had a lot going on lately you just started a new job right do you want to share a little bit about what you have been up to um yeah just generally i started a new job like my first like post master's job and yeah i'm working for the illinois state house of representatives i won't say exactly who which representative but doing some pretty cool work so far that sounds legit (laughs) (laughs) okay well what about you what about me yeah i have been super busy lately i've been freelancing and pretty much like self-employed independent for almost three years now i haven't had like a full-time job which is kind of crazy to think about i feel like it went by really quickly um but yeah i'm making a really big life switch up this week i did sign an nda so i don't think i can say too much about it but basically i'll be working full-time as a designer for nike that's kind of crazy right yeah um just a little crazy just a bit just got recruited by one of the most influential and innovative design houses in the world no big deal 
So speaking of other things that are no big deal, should we get into our first pop culture topic? Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to start with this no big deal issue. Uh, R. Kelly just was finally convicted of human trafficking in New York City. This has been a long time coming. R. Kelly has been widely and publicly known to be a perpetrator of sexual assault, sex trafficking, and um, abuse of children. Yeah, abuse of minors, other, you know, terrible atrocities for years, like decades now. It's been like very widely known, especially in Chicago. Like this story has a huge impact in this city. I mean, he's from this city. So not only was his creative impact and his music and art so deeply embedded in the culture and lives of people who live here, but the harm that he created was also very deeply and widely felt. Right. While this conviction was handed down in New York City, it's, you know, a step and I'm sure is um, some sort of vindication for a lot of his survivors. I'm sure they're relieved that he's not going to continue inflicting further harm on these women and and young girls and young boys right yeah if there's one thing that we can kind of like look at or take away from the mass abuse that r kelly has caused so publicly um i think it's just like really criticizing the rape culture and community that surrounded him and enabled him to continue perpetuating this harm for so long without having to face any accountability right i mean from you know so long ago his inappropriate relationship with Aaliyah, um all throughout you know the the surviving r kelly documentary that aired and to this day there's still so many people that like refuse to um even believe that the harm that he caused is real and um it's just like super overdue that we believe women that we believe survivors and we prioritize their healing and their safety and i for one am you know i fuck the criminal justice system but i'm glad that r kelly is not gonna be able to continue to physically harm anyone anymore and this isn't the end either right i mean he still hasn't been sentenced and he still has to face other criminal cases in chicago and elsewhere for separate charges that's true so we'll definitely be sharing more um as more details become available so i feel like there was another pop culture topic that you wanted to touch on that was also you know kind of a small story yeah tiny issue i think the whole world noticed when was this yesterday when instagram and facebook were down they were down for like what like six hours or something like that and literally no one knew what to do with themselves (laughs) whatsapp was also down right uh instagram facebook and whatsapp were down and everyone was just like reevaluating their lives and what reality is uh did you have any um thoughts or what was your reaction i mean i was really curious about why the apps were down and why they were down for so long but i think 
mainly my reaction was that I just kept like picking up my phone throughout the day trying to check Instagram and then being like oh wait yeah it's down right I mean yeah I heard quite a few different reactions like one of our friends was kind of like I hope it stays down forever or something like that I was kind of hoping that for Facebook yeah right yeah I don't know and I was kind of just like thinking about like how even for like myself like so much of like my income and like projects and things like that basically are a result of social media and just like thinking about how that is also true for so many other people and so many other like small businesses um and it's weird because like in a way it's created a lot of like new avenues and pathways for um yeah independent creators but at the same time i think it's really important that we also acknowledge the broader impact and negative impact that it has had on our day-to-day -day lives and the way that we interact with each other yes and those questions bring us to our first political topic which is this huge major breaking story around a whistleblower that came forward from facebook this was about 24 or 48 hours before facebook and instagram went down globally that's suspicious yeah an ex-employee at facebook came forward and she leaked thousands of do internal documents from facebook to um, government officials as well as the press which really exposed a lot of harm yeah so what was in these documents do we know more yes there is some pretty damning evidence in these documents that facebook was really aware of the harm that some of its products were causing um, one of the most talked about revelations from these documents is a piece of research that was done by facebook's internal researchers and presented to the company itself that showed a, a pretty devastating impact instagram was having on young girls self-esteem wow um, and mental health wow instagram n negatively impacting people's self-esteem who would have thought right groundbreaking but it's it's pretty shocking that the company literally researched this found this evidence and then essentially did nothing and not only did nothing to like change or improve the the platform but it was actually in the middle of developing an instagram app that was specifically targeted at kids and teenagers and it just had to basically scrap that plan to launch this app like in the past week so facebook is now being accused of exploiting young people of targeting them with a really addictive and harmful product and we'll see what comes from that revelation but another really important thing that i think came out from this whistleblower is the fact that Facebook also knew how harmful the misinformation and conspiracy theories that have been spread on its platforms are. For example, Facebook knew about the planning that was going on on Facebook for the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol, and it, it specifically lied about how much it knew about all of these things happening and how much power it had to stop or like reduce the these really terrible effects that it's been having on not only young people and um, just users mental health 
but just in general, um, I mean, like with insurrection and all the hate speech that has been amplified on uh, platforms like Facebook, but how much these algorithms, like unhalted, have the power to like really rip apart societies. In other parts of the world, Facebook and apps like WhatsApp have all literally been connected to fanning ethnic violence and like very severe and extreme harm in communities around the world. So now in the wake of this whistleblower coming forward, Facebook is under huge scrutiny like never before. It's facing an unprecedented crisis that really threatens the future of this platform and basically this monopoly. And in a very rare event, we're actually seeing both Democrats and Republicans in Congress united over doing something to control this unlimited power that Facebook has to affect our lives and our country and our world. And we'll see what happens. It's definitely a story that I'm going to continue to be following. Yeah, man. Where's where's Tom from MySpace when you need him? Where you at, Tom? <laughs> anyway, um, was there one more political topic that you wanted to cover? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Bands Off Our Body campaign that has been mobilized all across the country. This is a campaign and movement to defend reproductive rights, especially abortion rights in this country. In 2020, this has been the like worst year for abortion protections in decades. You mean 2021? Sorry, 2021. What, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> um, but yeah, in 2021, we've seen 600 pieces of legislation attacking abortion rights in states all across the country. Obviously, states like Florida and Alabama have imposed like archaic abortion restrictions um, that essentially outlaw abortion and like target people who seek out these services or aid people who help others seek out these services. And obviously this is a huge issue. It's something that Sam and I have talked about before on the podcast. It's something that we think is really important for gender equality and for women's rights and human rights. Yeah, it's really fucked up and difficult for me to process that in 2021 we're like moving so backwards in terms of like access to reproductive rights in so many places across the country. Um, I just can't believe that there's just legislation that is governing women's bodies when there's no legislation that covers men's bodies. It's just obviously. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like the same people that are advocating for women to not have control and ability to make these medical decisions over their body are the same people that are also like aggressively and violently trying to remove mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Yeah, um, because like, they believe they should have control over their bodies, but women shouldn't have control over ours. And to be more inclusive, not just women, but anyone who has the ability to to have a pregnancy right so what where exactly are we right now how can people be engaged what what should they be paying attention to what do you think is going to happen yeah it's really interesting actually nationally polling shows that 
more people than ever are supportive of reproductive rights and access to abortion. Even in states like Texas that have passed these really, like, essentially bans on abortion, even in those states within Republican voters, a majority of those voters also believe that these laws are too harsh. So I think um, this very radical attack on, on women's rights and reproductive rights is coming to a head. We are very likely to see the Supreme Court take up this issue, which is a pretty scary thing with a conservative majority on the court right now. Joe Biden's administration is also looking at ways to, on the federal level, uh, protect protect these rights across the country and uh we'll see what happens but people are definitely mobilizing they're taking to the streets all across the country as we saw last weekend um and we'll continue to stand in solidarity with that movement 1000 percent. i mean we all know that when they put these bans in place um the rich and the wealthy and the privileged will always continue to have access to these options and resources and it's really black and brown and marginalized communities that are affected the most by these bans and and are really put in harm's way yeah it's dangerous because people will continue to seek these services regardless of the ban and yeah i think some people paint this as just like a medical or health issue and it is but it's also an issue of inequality it's an issue of uh, socioeconomic standing it's an issue of racial disparity and like we said before this is a human rights issue exactly so we'll be sure to stay engaged and we hope that you all continue to speak up on this issue as well with that all being said we're gonna go ahead and move forward to our interview for this episode it was a live recording and it was our first time doing a live recording a shout out jake krez who helped us set up the audio and like tech and stuff because i don't know how to do that so super helpful but yeah it was our first time live recording and we're recording outside so bear with us if there's um yeah any kind of like audio like points where maybe it's a little lower or things like that we are always learning yeah i mean it was also our first time recording in front of a live audience um while we were having some tech difficulties so i mean i was definitely a little bit um i don't know if nervous is the right word but it was a bit hard to like be as focused on the interview as i usually am yeah because i mean normally it's just like us sitting in a room and it's like super yeah focused in and it was really nice to have everyone everyone there but uh yeah just a just a new experience right it's a learning process and i'm really excited for the next live interviews and uh live tapings that we get to do with y'all yeah definitely so we're gonna get to it if you have a second while you're listening to rate or review on whatever streaming platform you're listening on that would be very nice and as always reach out to us if you have any questions or suggestions we would love to hear from you uh hit our dms hit our email and enough said let's jump into this interview i gotta say this I think it's about time I start to shake shit I've been patient They ain't know it's just a start to all my greatness I ain't changed shit Still the same girl from out the basement They need to face it Cause I ain't gonna change it Really I am on one Been it for a while But I'm chilling and I'm awesome Really I am awesome And you feel it now You always late but shit you caught some Hold it
give Yaya a little introduction? Yes. So, Yaya is from Chicago. We've known each other forever, just from like growing up here. Um, but she is a medical student or pre-med undergrad, right? And she does a lot of community organizing here in the city around issues uh, surrounding climate justice and mental health, right? Is there anything that I missed? No. Yeah, just hardworking student hit in the books. Yes. Um, is there anything else that we need to know before moving forward? No. Yeah, I think Yaya, you can like introduce yourself and um, talk a little bit about like some of the work we did earlier this year. neurodevelopmental outcomes in Latinx children um, and we met a couple years ago and this year we, they, well, Sam and Alexis extended their platform to this event podcast to me in February when I was actually a hunger striker um, to advocate for you know better policies to cut down environmental racist practices and that was pretty huge. Yaya was literally on a hunger strike for like, what, three weeks? 25 days, yeah. As a part of a campaign uh, to stop General Iron, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you all extending your platform to me was huge because I've, I've been such a fan of Systematic Podcasts, so you all were one of the first ones that reached out and were like, hey, we want to have you on the show to talk about this, um, and it went great. So if I can you guys like with that said what was your inspiration behind systematic podcast name and was there a moment that really kind of propelled you forward to start this do you want to go you, you want me to go um yeah systematic we started it to about two years ago now that's why we're here this is our two-year anniversary um I think it kind of started just from me and Alexis having a lot of discussions on our own and with our friends um, about a lot of social issues and um, yeah, like pop culture issues. And I think we really felt like there was kind of like a gap in media, especially here in Chicago, that like a lot of this like news um, was like coming from people that we felt like we couldn't relate to or like, I mean, people would cover things in the city like they would cover like a protest at UIC for example and like it would be completely inaccurate like retelling of what actually happened on the ground and like what students did to organize like peaceful actions um, so just things like that were frustrating that there weren't people like accurately covering um, grassroots stories throughout the city and then I also think we were motivated like for um, like but for reasons like what Yaya was doing earlier this year like there's so many like amazing young people in the city that like we see doing like incredible things yes. that people aren't talking about enough Definitely. so we wanted yeah. to play a part in like documenting amplifying and documenting yeah definitely um yeah that is like a huge part of like what we do and wanting to like really spotlight 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 the work <laughs> um yeah that people like yaya um and like i mean so many of the amazing like women and people here like are doing here in the city um and tell our own and like just really like take control of like telling our stories and giving people the mic to tell theirs 
Right, absolutely, facts. So I love the emphasis on elevating voices that aren't usually heard and like making sure your narrative is at the forefront, right? Because when you work with different media outlets, a lot of times that, that shit can be manipulated. So with that said, what are some of the struggles that you've encountered with your process, your journey with Systematic Podcast, and how have you overcome them thus far? Good question. That is good pretty meaty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like learning, just learning how to like produce your own media has been like a huge like uphill thing. Yeah, I see some other like media people and content creators in the crowd, and like Gen Z and young kids make it look so easy mm -hmm. to like um, create like these really com compelling stories um, online, and uh, yeah, it takes like a lot of time and effort. So just like learning like how to think like creatively and make things that capture people's attention has been a challenge yeah definitely and just like balancing mm. this as like what really started as like a passion project for us um and we're super fortunate to have funding this year which is like so amazing um but yeah just like really like finding that balance with our work and like alexis just finishing her master's degree like it is a lot to just like balance sam is also a freelance artist that has like a million <laughs> clients like right a week, so. <laughs> um but yeah i think like balancing is really hard but like yeah at the beginning just like there are so many tools now that make it accessible like you know you could record on your iphone and things like that but like really figuring out like the means of like tech and we edit everything ourselves too so like we're in like the pro tools like moving around the audio and stuff like that is something like we're lucky to have friends that like do that that kind of like helped us get started yeah because um, otherwise that might have been like even more difficult to to begin with yeah yeah definitely it, it helps to know people that are that are in the field that you want to go into um yeah. so my my follow-up question to that is you all are obviously in, like your twins you know we, we know you as the twins but you're also still individuals and you all do a lot of work you know sam does fabrication election policy and both of those fields are male dominated, white male dominated, right? So with your experiences outside of systematic podcasts and the skill sets that you've learned, how does that play into the space that you're creating today? Hmm, that's another good question. Okay. I mean, I think partly like being in spaces that weren't made for you, like makes you on a daily basis have to like figure out how to like make that space for yourself. like. Sam Thanks. Sam has a ton of stories about like physically being in a creative space where like white men like will invade your space and like question why you're there. I don't know if you want to like talk about any of this uh, stories. I mean like yeah like briefly like I had an experience like a few weeks ago in like I work out of a co-op maker space um, like there's like a wood shop and everything. I've been a member for years and one day recently a, a man approached me basically asking if I was a member, like said he had already like checked the system and like didn't see me like in the computer system and like was literally just questioning my existence, like if I belonged there mm. and like, I won't like finish, I, that's the gist of it. But like, I was like, are you asking all of the other white men that are here? Like that was so crazy to me. Like you, I just look like I am not supposed to be here. Like, yeah, it was uh, not. <laughs> 
fun, but like, you know, we keep it moving. Like, and I, you know, Facts. I claim that for, for myself. Like this is my space and I'm gonna continue to be here and do what I want to do there. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think like you're just like, um, yeah, when you're in spaces that aren't created for you, like you're forced to like figure out how to like, like, yeah, you could just like try not to engage in conflict and kind of like, tiptoe around people um, or you could find a new way so I think that yeah it translates into like podcasting and media and try to like trying to like emphasize why we think like the women's that we invite to speak on the show like why their stories are just as important as anyone else's yeah and like also like I feel like yeah we're talking a lot about women like which is like a large like focus but like it's not just for women we have a lot of like uh, queer and like gender non-conforming like uh, people on the show as well and like it's a space for them too um just and like we don't mean even to like exclude men like it's not nah. like no i'm just kidding <laughs> she's um, like yeah they're not invited um side eye <laughs> they're not invited it's just like that i mean i'm sure everyone can it's not hard to understand that there's so many spaces already for them and for like their voices and what no. they do so exactly yeah i'm just kidding i did have a conversation with a guy i met recently and he was like asking about the show so i was explaining it and he was like actually like annoyed or like offended that we don't invite men on to the show and um I'm like, yeah, all, like so many of like the top podcasts and media platforms in the world like are run by men and like mainly invite male guests. I'm like, there's so many other platforms. Like it's not really about exclusion. It's about like making sure that we're prioritizing our time, um, really highlighting the stories we can in, in like a limited amount of time. Yeah, and I love that. I love how you mentioned like just really setting your foot down and just being like no this is my space because it's needed unfortunately because you are almost from the moment that you step into these spaces that aren't yours like you're questioned and it's not right but it's what's been historically practiced so now that we're talking about spaces that are dominated by men right we're currently in the middle of hispanic what's labeled as hispanic heritage month Mm -hmm. and what does that mean for you all? What does Hispanic Hispanic Heritage Month mean for you? And what are your thoughts on the different umbrella terms that are used to label our community? Do you identify with any specific one? Do you completely avoid certain terms? What are your thoughts? I think it's hard. Um, I think Hispanic Heritage Month is like a really awkward um, term that <laughs> Like, it just feels really outdated. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, this has been, like, a huge conversation lately. I'm, like, I'm not sure, especially even for, like, people maybe not from, like, Latinx cultures, if, like, people are, like, aware of this, like, discussion that's going on. Um, but, yeah, basically, yeah, I think largely it's known as Hispanic Heritage Month. I think there's, like, a lot of people, like, pushing it for it to be, like, Latinx Heritage Month or, like, Latino Heritage Month. And like, these are all like Yaya said, umbrella terms um, that really like are meant to like group a lot of like Latinx, uh, like Spanish speaking countries together. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not really gonna be like a great umbrella term. And I think that's like partly what, like the term Latinx like is seeking to like continue this evolution of like improving a way to like unite all these people under one term. Like if someone doesn't know, latin x the x is meant to replace like o or a um and in the spanish language 
um, O is masculine and A is feminine. So the X kind of like takes out that like gender binary from the term um, and makes it a little bit like more like inclusive. Right. Right. Um, and like at first I thought like, oh, this is like this is kind of cool. Like this is like a cool like well, I like that idea. Um, but yeah, like talking about it more, I've heard like a lot of like, I think especially like older like um, people from these communities pushing back on it and like Spanish, like Spanish as first language speaking people because it's a difficult term to say in Spanish, like Latin X. Uh -huh. exactly. And I was like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Like it's hard for them to say it. So now I'm like thinking about that too. Um, yeah. Right. So I don't think it's a perfect term. I think like the idea behind the term Latinx is like, like a well-intentioned idea, right? It's trying to like make these um, phrases, it's trying to decolonize the phrase like Hispanic and then it's which also, like centers Spain right colonizers so colonizers yeah um so it's trying to decolonize but it's also um trying to be inclusive so it's not very widely used actually like they've done studies and it's only like three percent of people from Latinx backgrounds that like claim to use the term Latinx as like a dominant term so it's really it's really just like social media that amplifies the term but um mm -hmm. I think like it's important for people to just be like flexible and like for us to continue to like grow with the language. Yeah, I mean, I personally like don't super like the term Hispanic for myself. Um, but I and also And you all are like, actually Spanish, right? Yeah. Part yeah. Spanish. Yeah, yeah, part Spanish. Um, but I also like understand and like don't get mad at people if they like are you like they don't like yeah how would they know you know like people don't know like what you're preferred to like be referred to as um so it's pretty difficult complicated do you have a preference i did before you sent me that video that talked about like latin eggs latine right. latino latina and i was like oh shit like i gotta think about this you know like it's evolving. I don't really know if my identity is really still sticking with Latinx because yeah. of like the linguistic imperialism that comes with it. So I think right now I'm in a space, I, it looks like shoulder to shoulder with you, but we're kind of trying to figure it out and be fluid with what's evolving. Totally. Um, and to continue like being in a Latin community, a Latinx community, Latina community, right? It's important for us to also be in solidarity with the black community because of how disproportionately we're affected by different systemically engineered um, violence, right? So can you all talk about how your identity plays into your activism and how you do stand in solidarity with the black community? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's super important, like what you're saying too, and even just as we're still talking about the terms, how like most people don't like identify that with like I'll, there's a lot of people that don't even know there are like black people that are l latino like afro, right, afro latinos like, yeah um yeah like it's crazy that people don't even like largely like understand that you can be both um like black and puerto rican black and uh mexican and if i can if i can just add the the reason behind this question is because like let's be frank there's still a lot of racism and a lot of colorism in our communities you know so it is sure. like ultimately our responsibility to dismantle that shit and really like unify communities that are being disproportionately affected um so right. can you guys speak to that point yeah i mean i think it's really important um you know there's the phrase i think it's um it, it's i mean yeah from the civil rights movement um 
like we're like no one's free until we're all free right um so like i don't think it's possible for us to just be concerned with like to just be concerned with our own liberation like and our own issues in our own community like what do we get like if we complete like our journey and liberate our people and there's still people that are not liberated like especially with um like latinos becoming such a, a big growing demographic in the country like we're the biggest minority voting demographic in the country and we're the biggest um demographic uh, like uh minority demographic in the city of chicago um so like as like our population and communities continue to grow like how like how are we going to use like our power and numbers like w as we become more of a majority like what do we get if we become the same as like the people that created the oppressions that our community face so yeah um i think it's really important to like include everyone um and, in in the movement yeah. yeah and i think that like a lot of that like starts like on the very like low minimal end like with what we're doing here and having like these types of conversations like within our families and within our communities um because you're right like there is there's a lot of ignorance in a our communities. lot yeah um there's a lot of anti-blackness like i can speak like in, in puerto rican culture like um so like yeah at the very like most minimal end is just like calling that out when we see it in our own communities and like trying to hold those around us accountable um right yeah. Yeah. So with that said, and I want to direct this question to Alexis. What do you think that means with with the growing population of the Latinx community or Latina community? What do you think that means politically for the U.S. and specifically for Chicago? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, I think that's why it's like super important, especially for like young uh, Latinx people to be like engaged in in policy um, and voting because um, we know like those generational gaps like within um, Latino communities. So like when the 2020 election came around, like everyone was talking about how like the Cuban population in Florida like voted a majority for Trump, which was like the like that was the numbers. Um, but also when you look at the numbers and the general generational breakdown, like people under 35 are voting a majority like Democrat, like most young Cubans weren't voting for Trump. So um, I think Alexis like- Alexis with the numbers. That, yeah, it's important to um, know though. It's important to know. It, no, it's true. Um, so I think like it's gonna be more and more important for young people like of all like diverse backgrounds to, to get engaged um, and to vote, especially if we wanna like counteract like the votes and opinions of like older generations that we're still trying to like have conversations with and push to, um, to uh, you know, like advocate for social movements as well. Thank you. That, that was a really robust answer. <laughs> um, so my next question is going to be just with your experience with Systematic Podcast overall. Like, What do you think was the biggest challenge to overcome? What can we expect from Systematic Podcast next? Any collabs, any projects that you're looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, yeah, I've been reflecting a lot, like, lately um, on where we are and, like, looking back at, like, a lot of, like, the stories that we have been able to tell. And I was low-key, like, dang, like, we covered a lot Did of that. issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you are someone that listens to the show, like, 
I don't know, we talk about everything from like, I mean like, yeah, like art and like music to like reproductive rights to, um, you know, like sexual assault awareness, like some, like, you know, like it's a wide range of topics and some of them get really intense. Um, but I just, yeah, I've been looking back and just um, trying to, yeah, like reflect on where we are. Like it, it was hard. Like you're asking like, what was the hardest thing to like overcome? Like there, there's times also just like working together where we're like, <laughs> we, we should quit. Yeah. End it right now. Yeah, we're like, give the grant money back. Like, no, we're not doing that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's difficult. Like yeah. it's a lot that goes into, it's a lot to keep up with. I don't know if it, yeah. people understand. Yeah, there was definitely times where like, should, should, should we keep doing this or not? Um, and I'm really like glad that we are still here and like looking forward, like, yeah, there's so much more that we want to do. There's so many like more stories that we want to tell and like more resources that we want to provide. Like I'm really happy when we've been able to provide people with like direct resources like around the election and things like that um for example like around like the census and like just really like providing people with like tangible information um i hope that we can continue to do things like that i hope we can continue to do more events you know pandemic willing right yeah fingers Um, crossed what do you think yeah um i think like moving forward yeah i just i want to um do a better job of like I I mean, like, it's obvious, like, I want to be able to put out more, like, stories, and, like, I don't know how people do, like, a podcast episode every week, like, it's it's a lot of work. My brother's out there, and he, like, produces so, he has a podcast, too, he puts out so much stuff. Don't know Um, how he does it. Don't know how, so, I mean, yeah, that's the goal, like, I want to be able to, like, capture so many people's stories, like, so many people that are sitting here, like, are so inspiring to me, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, like, if I can, like, double the amount of like stories that I share and like bring awareness to like that's really like my ultimate goal and yeah like activating people too like getting people um out to do things in their communities too yeah getting people out um I don't want to say post-covid but as we're reacclimating to what uh, I guess a normal society is right um so thank you guys for sharing that final question Final question. What is your favorite Puerto Rican spot to eat at Ooh, in the city? That's like a controversial, controversial. So I'm putting y'all on the spot. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't expecting that one. Oh, um, hello, Bubbles. for us? Oh, wow. my gosh. Everyone else is going to get I one, I could have used too. this when we started. I was a little nervous. <laughs> Thank you. Man, yeah, that's a difficult no one. I mean... I feel like each restaurant has like different things that they're really good at. Like La Bomba has like really good rice. It's like on Armitage if anyone hasn't been there. Yeah. I look, really love their rice. But Jibaritos y Mas. Yeah. Great. Jibaritos. Okay, we gotta, we gotta, yes. Fire. Sponsor us. Jibaritos y Mas is fire. I had them a couple weeks ago. They were good. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. That concludes the live podcast. Thank you for. Um, thank you guys so much. Yeah. No. Thank you guys so much for being here. Like, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't like for the support of like our friends and our community. Like, we appreciate you guys so much. So thank, thank you. All. Can we raise our glasses to Sam yeah. and Alexis one time? We're gonna get around. Yeah, for we're going to. But thank you guys so Cheers. much. Cheers. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to health. <laughs> Love you guys. Oh, shout out Yaya, thank you so much for sitting down with us.
Hey. Yeah, we're good. We're good. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I gotta say this. I think it's about time I start to shake shit. I've been patient. They ain't know it's just a start to all my greatness. I ain't changed shit. Still the same girl from out the basement. They need to face it. Cause I ain't gonna change it. Really, I am on one. Been it for a while. But I'm chilling and I'm awesome. Really, I am awesome. And you feel it now. You all is like, but shit, you caught some. Hold it. Learn some. Fold it. Save it. Or grow it. Just know it. Know this. So what? I ain't gotta change for no one. So what? I ain't gotta change for no one. So what? I ain't gotta change for no one. Hold it. Learn some. Fold it. Save it. Or grow it. Just know it. Know this. So what? I ain't gotta change for no one. Holding up the sun. Telling me since he high, you better learn to run. Running from my problems, never saw shit. Really, it just caused it. And still, I got the ball, bitch. Each time, no labyrinth can stall shit. Rebound, hit him with the re up. Embedded it by three times. Car hopped and punch it. Made it home before the street lights. Mama never raised me, so I caught a couple street fights. Bitches never liked me. This ain't new. Moving like a lone wolf, dream walking, and it came true. Gotta keep on going, looking back, and y'all the same too. Really, y'all to save you. Proof is in the pudding. Still, I'm out here breaking chains too. Funny how things change too. Myself is who I change. To. I ain't out here being any less of who I say to All a matter of fact, still mailing, I still rap Been doing this the whole time, y'all been doing that So gifted, been spitting, these bars my whole mission Before it was cool and everybody tried to get in Funny, used to battle rap, you dummies for a sport Now I'm heading to the money, and I'm always on my course No cap, y'all cap, but I believed her Now you gotta follow this, I've always been a leader Watch this how I lead her, a blessing to my people And I'ma keep on going like I have Just to show you why they mad like I gotta say this, I think it's about time I start to shake shit I've been patient, they ain't know it's just a start to all my greatness I ain't changed shit, still the same girl from out the basement They need to face it, cause I ain't gonna change it Really I am on one, been it for a while But I'm chilling and I'm awesome, really I am awesome And you feel it now, you all is late but shit you caught some, hold it Learn some, fold it, save it, or grow it, just know it, know this So what, I ain't gotta change for no one So what, I ain't gotta change for no one So what, I ain't gotta change for no one Hold it, learn some, fold it, save it, or grow it, just know it, know this So what, I ain't gotta change for no one